Welcome to How to Be a Texan. How you guys doing? Doing great. How are you? Oh, man. I am excited. Very excited. My ears have been completely shattered. Yeah. Kevin just blared the... <laughs> it'll, it'll probably sound fine in the podcast. <laughs> True. Right now, this Intro music song, but man, I'm just glad I like this song so much. <laughs> Y'all have sensitive ears or something? I think so. I think we just have higher quality headphones. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. is true. That's good. All right. Well, hey, how you been, Kevin? Long time no talk to. Great. I'm yeah. doing fantastic. Yeah? <laughs> Andrew, what about you? I guess I'm doing fantastic, too. You just told me about Minus your, the ear situation. Your distilling processes. So Andrew and Kevin have been doing some interesting projects with distilleries. No, we made that like three years ago. What? Yeah. yeah. That was a long time That's ago. so interesting. It's been aging this whole time. Yeah. You, you know, so like I'm all about chemistry, right? You know, I was a chemistry minor in college. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've told so. you that 28 times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Well, so. uh, owning a still is Ill- illegal. Oh. Yeah. So okay. we can't technically do it. I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to encourage that. I think you can own a still. You just can't like sell whatever you're... Done, right? I looked into it. Oh, you really? Did? Yeah, and I think it's. I think maybe it's there's like a more certain to size it. or something. I don't know. There's more to it. I need to. I need to look a little bit deeper. Okay. Well, hey, I'm not encouraging you guys to do anything. Illegal. I am encouraging it. I just think it's cool that you guys are mixing up stuff because all my pie escapades have been fantastic. Yeah. You know, because that's just a chemistry project with a nice output. Yeah. Ever since our Thanksgiving episode, I'm on the road to it's chemistry with weight gain right so that so i'm put a timeout on that for that very purpose so anyway hey today we're going to talk about something really nice so it's a group of texas legends and this is a group a family group and we're going to talk about the bass brothers oh the bass brothers yeah so this is something that um you know we've been researching a bit this is a very private uh, family, and they're... Well, when you said Texas Legends, I thought it was... There will be a giant sucking sound. <laughs> Ross? That's why I was... Yeah, I thought it was going to be Ross Perot. No, we've already done Ross. Well, he is the Texas Legend. Well, oh, wait, we did George Strait, too. He's the other Texas Legend. We got a lot of Texas Legends. We do. And and these are four living Texas Legends, and we're blessed to have them. Yeah. So, But they're interesting, provocative, and secretive. It, there's just a lot out there that we don't know, but I guess we just should appreciate what we do know. Mm-hmm. And so far, they've been uh, huge advocates for Texas and, in particular, Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And so what I thought, would, would how we would break this down, we would talk about kind of the the family itself and some of the genealogy there, even though we'll probably botch that a little bit. We'll talk about the uh, power structure in Fort Worth, which I thought that's pretty interesting, just looking at generational connectivity down. Yep. And then we'll talk about some of the, just the real public donations and the, the investments and the infrastructure that have made really Fort Worth itself into a really neat, amazing town to live in. And before we, like, Dig deep in just to set some context for people that may be listening that have never been to Fort Worth, yeah, or you know, people outside of Texas. It is an incredible, it really little is. town. It really is. I mean, it's not little, it's not tiny, but compared to Dallas, it's small. But it is really nice, yeah, clean, fun, right, hip, various right. different cultural 
areas. You know, you can go to the stockyards and be in the Old West. You can go to Sundance and right. you know, be in clubs or whatever. It's a really neat little town. So, right. you know, just putting that as a frame of reference for people as they listen to what we're talking about and how it kind of ended up being what it is. Right. Right. So um, we, we've, we're spinning off of the oil boom episode. So if you guys listen to that, appreciate that. The oil boom itself was, was really interesting. It started off in 1901 with Spindletop. 1901 that, or 1910? 1901. Okay. 1901. I need to go back and listen to our episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one qualifies as one of our, quote, sleeper episodes. No, uh, 1901 spindle top, and then a lot happened as a result of the oil boom, and um, and that happened really down around uh, the the Port Arthur Beaumont area. Uh, but then, as as we described, there are oil masses all under the ground, way deep under the ground, uh, all throughout Texas. As a result, there was one man, a man named Sid Richardson, and I'm sure we're going to come back eventually and get Sid and mm-hmm. we'll pick him up because that's a whole episode by itself. It really is. Yeah, Be- just because of the kind of the life and times of Sid Richardson, I-, I went to Baylor, and one of the buildings I was in the entire time at Baylor because I was a science major was there's a science uh, building and it's the Sid Richardson science building. And so mm-hmm. I have that ingrained in my brain because he went to Baylor too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think like 1910 and 1912, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so the Bass family originally, you're like, well, wait a minute, we're not talking about Sid Richardson. We're talking about the Bass, the Bass family. Mm-hmm. And so the connection there, this is where I may botch it. So help me. Stay. Well, Sid, and there's a museum in Fort Worth with the largest collection of Western art sculptures right. on the planet. Right. And that's what Sid Richardson amassed in his later years. And so the stuff that's kind of built around, it's right in the middle of Sundance Square. Okay. And you got this massive collection. You know, they've got a big vault, you know, downstairs. And so all the kind of security around, you know, Sundance Square that mm-hmm. also helps with the whole area nice. is all owned by the Bass family. And they've got a major treasure trove of you know this art collection there. And Kendra worked in that museum uh, when we first got married, so really? she got to know the yeah you know, the Bass family a little bit through I'll that be. connection. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's a lot of deep deep history there. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's make the leap from Sid Richardson over to the Basses. And so uh, Sid Richardson was a lifelong bachelor, and so you would think, okay, well, if he had kids, then he would. Um, you know, all the kids would inherit that. Well, that didn't occur. So his nephew, uh, Perry Bass, had been his partner for uh, a couple of decades in the, I believe, 30s and 40s, 1930s and 1940s. And so as Sid Richardson came upon his death, he bequeathed all of that, gave all that to, to Perry Bass. And so I think the confusion that we, Kevin and I were trying to figure out is, was that Sid Richardson's brother or his sister? And then they had Perry, and we don't really know that, so my apologies for that. But regardless, Perry, uh, Perry Bass was the recipient of all of Sid Richardson's wealth. And you would think back in the time, it really, you know, back in 1940 dollars, it probably wasn't that I mean, it was a tremendous amount. It doesn't look like that much now, but then it's a it's accreted, it's appreciated over time into, you know, multiple. I think eight or nine or ten billion dollars worth of worth now, 
um, with what's happened. So, then, so I did find the, the yeah. connection finally. Oh, okay. Uh, so Perry's dad was a man named, uh, where did it go here? Edward. Okay. Edward Perry Bass was his father. Okay. And he was married to Anne, who was uh, Sid Richardson's sister. Okay. Yep. So Anne Richardson. Okay. Got it. Okay. So that was my Not only- Anne Richardson. Yeah. Well, originally, it would have been not Ann Richards, the governor. <laughs> now we're really twisting. Yeah. Ann Richardson was Sid's sister, and she married married Perry. a man named Edward Edward, Edward Perry Bass. Okay, yep. and then they had Perry Bass, and then Perry had four sons, and that That's the four right. sons are where we're at now. That's right. And so we've got. <laughs> so it's like I need to draw this out on a whiteboard, but regardless, so so that's the connection. That's how the the wealth has been amassed down to four brothers right now, and they live in and around Fort Worth. Three of them, I think, live very very close to each other. I, I think down in kind of that cool neighborhood in Southwest Fort Worth, and then Ed lives downtown. So it's cool to kind of get that connection because you know, growing up, I always like you. I always heard of Sid Richardson. Yeah. And I always heard of the Bass family. I never quite made the connection that it was all from the same interconnected, interconnected thing, right? Yeah. Until Kendra actually started working there, and she's like, you know, so, right. But yeah, it, it's kind of interesting to make that connection because those are two very famous names. Like you said, uh, entire wing at Baylor's named after Sid Richardson, right? Well, that's right. And and now that I'm working for this company, we're based in Fort Worth, so I spend all my time in Fort Worth now when I'm not traveling for work. And it's really cool. Like, for example, we had a planning retreat down at the New Dickies Arena. The New Dickies Arena is a is a fantastic new arena that can have concerts and basketball games and rodeos, and it's on the rodeo fairgrounds. And that's where they're doing the, the new Western whatever, the rodeo, a couple of weeks. It's still going right now. And uh, the Bass family was behind building mm-hmm. that Dickies Arena. Yep. And it – it really is. It's a remarkable building. Well, um, there's a cowgirl hall of fame over there too. Okay. And uh, the Bass family was behind putting that over there too. And it's right there in that same little complex where the old stock show grounds are. Yeah. You know, and the Dickies is over there now, and they yeah. do the rodeos over there. And then this cowgirl hall of fame is right back there. Right. I took Sammy there one time. She had a dance competition that went all day at Will Rogers. Okay. And so during one of the breaks, we went over to that Cowgirl Hall of Fame. She thought that was so cool. Nice. Yeah. So it's really cool. They've just put a lot into the cultural aspects of of the city. It's really cool. Well, even that Dickies Arena, they took us on a quick little tour of the whole, you know, even the underground. There's a whole under, you know, underground area for all the cattle and horses and whatever. And and then up on the stage, there's a special stage where they had you know the Bass family gets to sit in this certain special area because I guess they chipped in the other half or whatever you know just to get it completed, which is so cool. So anyway, back to the genealogy. So we've got the four brothers. Um, so Perry being the dad, and then the four brothers. So you have Sid Bass, Ed Bass, Robert Bass, and Lee Bass. So Sid, born in '42, ended up going to Yale and Stanford. Uh, was a, a big investor in Disney um, for a long time. And uh, then Ed is probably the, well, not probably, he is by far the most known about Bass Brother because he's just kind of more public. All four brothers are just, I think they they keep to themselves and they, they have a lot of business interests, but they don't 
really seek the spotlight at all. Is that a good way to say that? I would say that's definitely true. Yeah. And their mom set a great example. So Nancy Lee Bass is known, I mean, she's not alive anymore. She died in 2013, but mm-hmm. she was known as the first lady of Fort Worth. Right. So she set the example for them. I mean, she's the one that donated to Fort Worth Museum of Science and History, mm-hmm. which is also really cool, right over there in that same area. Right. Uh, the Cowgirl Hall of Fame that we talked about. She was also very deeply involved in setting up the uh, performance hall, Bass mm-hmm. Performance Hall, and worked with Van Clyburn to set that up and name it after her her yeah. husband. Right. So she was kind of just known as the first lady of Fort Worth, as philanthropist, you know, very classy lady, and really mm-hmm. set the example, right. you know, for those boys to you know kind of continue that on. So. Well, I think that goes with all this. That Bass Performance Hall. I, I don't know if you've been in there. Have you Have you seen anything? I've not seen anything there. No. So. Amy and I got tickets to the season the first several years it was open. And whatever show came through, we just went and saw the acoustics in that building. And and that helps to say that Van Clyburn was involved because the acoustics in that building are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that Winspear Dallas Opera House, now they've opened up over in Dallas. I think it's the AT&T Winspear. It's amazing, too. But I think those two in DFW North Texas are probably just, you know, they're unbelievable. Well, I think we said on the Van Clyburn episode that the uh, that Bass Performance Hall is where he has his, where they have his national yeah, thing the, or global thing now, which right? Which is coming up, I think the tryouts basically are this year and then the judging is next year. Yeah, yeah. So cool. So anyway, keep going. Um, so Sid being the eldest, uh, so this is Sid Bass, born in 1942. Then Ed Bass, the one that we see more than the others, who lives downtown Fort Worth. Uh, he was born in 1945, uh, just got married uh, in late 18. So he'd been a perennial bachelor, and then at 72, he gets married, uh, which is great. So <laughs> Hope you signed a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's exciting. And, and, uh, and we'll come back to Ed and talk about some of his, um, you know, his philosophies on investment in the community and why he wanted to create a vibrant downtown, which is really, really cool. And then we uh, we go to the third son, uh, that's Robert Bass, and he was born in 1948. He's been real active with the state of Texas. He went to Yale. He sat on the Texas Parks and Highway Commission. And then we get to Lee, who was born in 1956. He really veered off a little bit, looks like, in his business career and, and ventured out into the aviation uh, industry, did a bunch of things, maybe in California, and then I believe he's back now as well. So... Those are the four Bass brothers, and again, really the only one that we see in kind of the public light a lot, or at least that I know of, is Ed, because uh, he lives downtown, and I think he's just he's just available. People know his name, right? Yeah. I don't know that I've seen him a lot in the public light, right? When yeah. I watched the YouTube video, I think that was the first time I'd actually seen his face. Yeah, you know, right? right. So they're all very private. I think so. But the name is just known. You know? it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. So, And then they say, you know, the Forbes list. So you, if you look at the Forbes list of the, the wealthiest people on the planet, you, you know, they're always on there. And they say that each of the Bass Brothers is worth just over $3 billion apiece. Uh, but I think that, I mean, who knows? You know, it could be $3 billion, it could be $100 billion. I mean, who knows? You know, with the oil reserves, the investments they've done, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who knows? But regardless, they've amassed a lot and, and good for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's the genealogy and kind of the history of the actual family. And that's about all, that's about all I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not running buddies with them. It, 
they seem like wonderful people, but I don't go play golf with them or anything. Or Why not? That's rude. Go to Bucky's together, <laughs> drink some coffee. You don't hang out at Dickie's Arena with them? <laughs> well, I didn't see him. We were there for three days, and it was awesome, but I didn't see any basses there. So, um, Okay, so then I thought we'd flip over and talk to kind of the history of the power structure in Fort Worth, because to me, that's pretty interesting. Is that interesting to you, or is it nap time? No, it's not nap time at all. (laughs) It's interesting to me. Okay, Andrew. If I've got Andrew, I'm good. Okay, so there's this article in D Magazine, and it was produced, I don't know, a long time ago. Crap, when was that? This was in November 1995. Do you remember all the way back to November 1995? I do. <laughs> Wasn't that long ago for you and me? <laughs> it feels like it was. That was one year before I was born. Yeah. Oh, that was a fine year. That was a fine year. Just ultimate freedom for you and Kendra, just frolicking around with no kids. Mm-hmm. History, history doesn't begin until April 26th, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. But anyway, there's this D Magazine article that says, Who Runs Fort Worth? And it's a great article that just talks about um, what happened with the early settlers in the 1850s through the 1900s, and then them passing that intentionally down to the next set of families for the next 40, 50 years. And then the, the next generation of families that have picked that up and then really advanced that cause. I just don't know of any other city, as I'm sure the way – more cities around the U.S. have this kind of genealogy than what I know of, like New York or L.A. or whatever. You know, Vegas maybe, you know, where you have families that really control the development of a city and then just hand it down to the next hand-picked. There's always an inner circle. Yeah. Whether it's cities, whether it's businesses, whatever. The best advice, my, my first real job that I ever had, I went to this trade show, and it was in the... I can't remember if it was a healthcare industry. It was an industry-specific trade show I was at, right? And the president of our company, who was an older gentleman, I was just, you know, 20-year-old, 22-year-old kid. You know, he pulls me aside. We're at this networking event. And he pulls me aside, and he says, Kevin, at every event like this, there's an inner circle. Mm. And he said, that lady, that lady, that lady, and that man, they control this entire thing. Oh, wow. And it was the best. And he was absolutely spot on, right? And so he was hanging out with them while all the other people were mucking around. And anyway, I've always found that to be true in any situation. So I, I think every city has it. I think we're fortunate with this in that, you know, these are all really good people, right? It's not like, you know. These are gangs of mafia right. Ins- right. <laughs> insiders that are run- you know, these are good human beings, right? right? And I think Fort Worth reflects that. You yeah. know, it'd be interesting to do kind of a, a similar study on the other big cities of Texas. You know, has there been the same with Austin, Houston, San Antonio? Mm-hmm. You know? Has there been the same kind of and then Dallas. Dallas is even though people think of DFW, well they think of Dallas first, mm-hmm. not Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And as you said, if if you guys haven't ever been to Fort Worth, so and t- tell the little aside that we were the top show, one of the top shows in in Germany. How cool is that? Yeah, I, I bet a lot of our German friends haven't been to Fort Worth. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you the only German that I learned in my life? No. You know what it is? What? 
So my sister was the, I'll get back to the episode in just a second, but my sister was the president of the German club in high school. And on the back of their shirts, I, I took Spanish. I'm a Texas guy. Everybody needs to know how to speak Spanish is my opinion here because everybody speaks Spanish here. Anyway, but my sister, she was the president of the German club. On the back of their T-shirts, they had this phrase that said, Ich habe keine Lust. Yeah. You know what that means? No. So that's the only phrase I know. Sounds like you're hawking up a loogie. Ich habe keine Lust. Hey, don't speak poorly of our German brethren. No, I'm speaking, ich habe keine Lust. speaking poorly of your speech. Well, I didn't say I was German. <laughs> I think you have to say it with more aggression and it'll sound more German. Ich habe keine Lust. There you go. So that means I don't feel like it. Okay. So that's all I know how to say in German. But if if you can ask me any question, and I would generally say, Ich habe keine Lust. Is it Ich? Ich. 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 No. Ich. 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 <laughs> no, that's talking to Olivia. <laughs> but it's an appropriate response. So if you ever learn that, then, you know, if somebody says, hey, will you mind going to clean the bathroom? You just say, Ich habe keine Lust. I'm going to work on that so I can use it on this podcast. <laughs> isn't, isn't, the, isn't the area around uh, Reunion Tower, uh, wasn't that a German settlement back in the day? I don't know. Pretty I don't sure, know. I'm pretty That's sure a good, it was. I, it, it may have been. I yeah. don't know why I know that information, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was. That's yeah. good information. But, so, but yeah, that's a good research project to go do and yeah. maybe have a follow-up episode, a couple of episodes on. Yeah, the family Inner circles. Yeah, the inner the circles of the that, big cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how that's evolved over time. Yep, yep. Because you cool. think you think, okay, well, does the mayor and the city council do they just dictate everything? You know, nah. maybe. Nah, I don't know, but I, probably not. Nah. So it seems like right now this is pretty clear. So let me let me just read this little excerpt out of this D magazine article back in '95. And it said, to understand why this matters, it helps to have some history. Fort Worth used to be run by a group of men called the Seventh Street Gang. These were and, and you'll know all these names, Eamon Carter, Sid Richardson, and then a bunch of randoms, the big bankers, the utility company heads, and a few select CEOs, uh, most of whom had offices on 7th Street. The history of the 7th Street gang is the story of the men who started Fort Worth, the Terrells, the Daggetts, the Van Zants, and such, who came as bold young men in the late 1850s ready to take on the frontier. So remember, all of our crap that we've talked about in the settling of Texas was around the 1850s, 1860s. And so Fort Worth was this cowboy town, this frontier town. It was a fort. It was a fort. It was a military fort for fort a while. Fort Worth. Right. Right. It was a that, blanket fort. That we really Original. developed around it um, back in the 1850s. And these families, the Terrells, the Daggetts, the Van Zants, and others started that. That was the first generation of families. Then they handed it off to Eamon Carter, Sid Richardson, that group in the early 1900s. And then now we have the Basses and we have others mm-hmm. that are, are there with that 7th Street gang now, mm-hmm. which is so cool. It's really cool. Because they care about, and, and throughout, this is a long article, but it's fantastic in that it says they wanted to make sure that it was secure, it was safe, it was economically healthy. And that it just, it was a nice place to live, but it, it had prosperity at mm-hmm. its core and a nice family balance so you could be free and safe and secure inside the, the town. Yeah. So I grew up in Arlington, which was, you know, Arlington, yep. for those that are not from around here, is pretty much halfway in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Yeah. And growing up, we always did um, things in Fort Worth. It didn't really do a whole lot in Dallas. 
But we would all, as a kid, we would always go to the Fort Worth Zoo because it had an amazing zoo. It's a great zoo. We would go to the Museum of Science and History, great little museum. We would go to the stock show over there. So there's always these cultural things or stockyards and the rodeo. So that's always kind of been a part of it, right? And I think, you know, and I'm sure you're going to get to it, but, you know, the impact that Ed has had has been to revitalize an entire new section of it that hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, been built out even when we were kids, right? Right, right. And my parents owned a, uh, actually a rest- a deli in downtown Fort Worth on 6th and Houston in the mid to late 80s. Hmm. Went over there all the time. And it was um, a nice, clean area, no crime or anything, mm-hmm. but it was all business. Mm-hmm. And at about, you know, five o'clock, everything would shut down and everybody was out of the city. Right. right. There was no no place to go. And then in the 90s is when, you know, Ed, Ed Bass specifically kind of revitalized the whole Sundance Square area. Right. Which back when we were working down there, that was nothing. There was a couple of coffee shops and mm-hmm. that was about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cool to see over the generations even how, you know, their mom was kind of building out the zoo and the museums, all that kind of stuff. And now Ed has built out this whole other section. It's just really kind of interesting to piece well, that all together. Well, let's get into that. And that's our final section, and then we'll close it out. But just the good that the Bass family has done, uh, and they've done some stuff over in Dallas, too. I don't want to take that away. And then for the greater good of all of Texas. But their primary work has been in Fort Worth and on the Trinity rail, all the Trinity trails, you know, yeah. they, they've invested in that. They've yep. invested in the zoo. They've invested in, uh, you know, like, the- well, now that's a great point. Cause now along the Trinity, they're, you know, converting all these old warehouses into lofts now right. and right. people are moving in and living there. It's just cool. It's just kind of like they keep going from one section to the next. Right. So the, yeah, that, that's my question is how do you get families like this and maybe it's just money but how do you get families like this that want to invest to make it a good great place to live downtown because the knock on dallas and i've worked in downtown dallas for the majority of my career is you go down there and you work and there's plenty of places to go during the day but as soon as the work day ends at five or six everybody goes back home to the suburbs and downtown Dallas is a scary, frightening place to be at night. Now, there's been a lot of regeneration with Uptown and, and some of the older parts that have kind of regentrified a bit, but it's still not great. Kind of around the American Airlines Center now yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, no, but there, it's still... No, there's, there's yeah. some areas that are picking back up, but if you go down Main Street at night, mm-hmm. it's still frightening, you know? I mean, there may be a couple of bars that are cool to go to. Yeah, well, there's just nobody down there. Everybody gets out of there. That's right. That's yeah. right. And what Ed wanted to do was to say, I want to live downtown, so how can I invest with others and basically knock down old crap buildings so that we can build something up so that there's some vitality, so there's shopping, there's um, you know places to eat within walking distance, there's you know a safe, secure feeling and all that. And there's cool condos or apartments that I can rent above all that. And then I can just go down to the elevator and walk around. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happened. Sundance Square is cool. It's very 
electric and there's a lot of energy around it. And, and so now is it the same as downtown Chicago or New York? No, it's not like New York, you know, cause no. when you and I went, it's like, we could go out at 3 AM, walk around, have a blast. We could go to a billion different places and mm-hmm. it was just such energy, whatever. Same thing, downtown Chicago, mm-hmm. you go, you walk all around. There's a very walking kind of, you can live, you should live there. You should work there and you should stay and play there. Mm-hmm. Fort Worth is not quite fully there, but that's the intention, mm-hmm. which is cool because yeah. Dallas, uh, yeah, there's Dallas plenty is of, not that at all. There's plenty of places, and we've been saying that for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know that back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, sure, you could live in downtown Dallas because it was cool. Nobody else could, you know, because you couldn't get your jalopy out to, you know, Frisco. Yeah, Frisco was dove hunting. You know, <laughs> and. <laughs> right. um, Anyway, right, exactly. But. Well, you know, this article that we were going through on the 7th Street, you know, this was done in 95, uh-huh. right? This was written right in the heyday of when uh, Ed Bass was revitalizing and building up the entire Sundance Square yeah. as we know it, yeah. right? And I was working in Fort Worth during that era uh, doing consulting. We, um, I would drive over there every day, you know, doing consulting. One literally one morning, and this was in '96 because it was during the election year. Literally one morning, I get to work, and somebody says, "Hey, you know, Bill Clinton's going to be speaking." You know, I guess I was just kind of out of it. It's like, no, I didn't even know. <laughs> like, yeah, he's talking in Sundance Square. You know, he's running for re-election, and he's here because they he wanted to he wanted to highlight, you know, how the things that he had done for the economy were trickling into, you know, all kinds of places all across the U.S. And so he wanted to highlight what was going on in Sundance Square and, of course, you know, take credit for it as a politician, right? And for those of you that haven't been to Sundance Square, there's this one area kind of in the middle. It's basically a big, you know, parking lot area. But on the side of one of the buildings is this big mural. It looks like an old Western style mural with like Longhorn and stuff like that. So Clinton set up his speech stage right in front of that. It was just a great visual. Mm-hmm. But this was back in the 90s. So we were literally able to walk from our office building at lunch, walk over, go through a metal detector, and we saw Bill Clinton, the President of the United States, Jeez. give a speech. Wow. And it was amazing. Yeah. That's cool. And, and whether you like Clinton or not, he was a fantastic speaker. Yeah, and I was not a Clinton fan at all, but he was an amazing speaker. Yeah. And it was such a cool experience. And I remember looking up uh, the top of the buildings, and I could see you know, security up on top of the buildings with... Oh, you sniper know, rifles sniper. and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was all going on. Wow. This was pre-9-11, too, yeah, so no imagine... Kidding what it would be like today. No kidding. But anyway, so it was just really cool and just kind of showcasing what, you know, what the Bass family had done for Fort Worth mm-hmm. and just was a great, you know, case study. It okay. Really, really, really cool. No, that is cool. I, I thought it'd be fun for you to hear from Ed Bass himself. Kevin's pulled a couple of clips from a, a speech that he gave. And, and the point of that, that I want you to hear is just his commitment to two things. And it, it's almost like Ed invented the joy of life predictor before I did. You remember my joy of life calculator? And sustainability. Yeah. So yeah. see, I think Ed's way ahead of me. He's way ahead. Clearly. Clearly. Way, way ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I think Ed and I'd be pals because of my joy of life, you know, calculator and this. Anyway, in this speech, I want you to hear him talk about the quality of life and the investment in public utilities that's required to have that balance. Okay, let me play this first one here. It's our responsibility, I would say, 
there's a thing called intergenerational neutrality. And basically what that means, what I do is not taken away from what the next generations will get, but what I do gives enough to my generation that I'm not just slaving away and getting nothing in order to provide for the future generations. And that's what makes a great city. We wouldn't have a great spirit if we were slaving away thinking we got to make things good in 40 years, but now we can, uh, we can skimp. Uh, yeah, can't skimp right now. No, that's great. You, yeah. get to, you get to reap the benefits of what you do now, and then your next generation is going to also see value in right. what you did and invested in. Right. That's fantastic. And that's where I think, you know, like I said earlier, I think, I think their mom set an example of that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that she did, they're now building on, right. which is really cool. Right. I yeah. wish we had more families like the Basses. Man, yeah. what a what a blessing to Fort Worth. I just wish we had a, a family like the Basses for Detroit or wherever that right. needs desperately needs this kind of thinking to invest in the infrastructure so that there's quality of life now and for generations to come. Yep. I like this clip too. Now, one thing that you encounter in this world today and this is something always been around, but I think has come to more prominence. Uh, you encounter what I'm going to call the tax naysayers. Hmm. Okay? Uh, there, there are always a certain number of people, or always have been, always will, who think that there is virtue in not having to pay taxes. Uh, uh, there are people in this city that think that keeping up the streets... Picking up the garbage, delivering the water, keeping the peace and putting out fires is all we need to pay for. Well, and that's what I'm calling tax naysayers. Say there shouldn't be taxes, there shouldn't be government. Though at the same time, uh, uh, many tax naysayers uh, may use our public facilities and our services very very liberally, somehow they just don't think it's fair for them to have to pay for it. Hmm. Uh, now, you are intelligent men and women. You're professionals. You're, you're in the most exciting parts of your lives and your careers. You're working hard uh, to improve things for your family and so forth because you know that you get what you pay for. You know your hard work and your drive. Uh, uh, lead to success. So you are paying for your homes, your cars, you're paying for education uh, for your kids, uh, though it may be through a public uh, system, you're paying for your entertainment. Uh, You know you get what you pay for, uh, and what you pay for gives you a better quality of life. Uh, So if you think in the bigger scale of our city and the longer term of your kids' generation and your grandkids' generation, it's up to us to be making capital investments. Uh, hmm. You know, and I think a lot of that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, I mean, these are good human beings, right? These are right. good people. Well, you know, so, I, I think yeah. a lot of the people that are tax naysayers, and I you know, I've been that as well, is mm-hmm. when the taxes are not used appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. When there's fraud, waste, abuse. That's right. But, you know, for a program like this, with a family like this that's responsible, that says, you know, 
and you can actually see the benefits of the investment, mm-hmm. happy to pay taxes to Fort Worth. I don't live in Fort Worth. Right. You know, I would donate to that type of a cause, right? So I think he's really on to something with both of those clips, right? You know, setting it up for the future generations and then also, you know, investing appropriately. And everybody should be chipping in to do that, you know, because everybody can get value out of that you know, well, for their community, right? There, there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom in those words, but there's a lot of issues in there too. So he hit on that second clip. He hit on so many things that could be hotly debated. And you, you get into the kind of the spirit of entitlement. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I, I deserve... Uh, to to have those amenities, those things, because, you know, I, I'm here, so I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. No, you're not at all. Um, and so there's just a lot of different facets of what he just said there that, you know, you could almost spend an hour just kind of unpacking the different concepts. And there, I thought it was fantastic. It's very wise. Yeah, it is very wise. Yeah, and so I appreciate that. Okay, well, hey, let's wrap up. We've been talking a long time, but I, I thought this – family is somebody that I consider Sid Richardson, certainly a Texas legend. Um, the, the mom and dad, absolutely Texas legends, but really wanted to honor the four Bass brothers, uh, here in this episode and just talk through some of that and just, uh, call them out. Yeah, I agree. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So, Hey, appreciate you guys listening to us on the Bass brothers and, uh, we'll be, uh, talking to you guys soon. Look us up on iTunes, Spreaker, Google play, Spotify. We're all over the world, all over the place now. <laughs> Especially in Germany and Iceland, right? Yeah, we did. We hit like number five on the travel charts in Germany. Yeah. Like we peaked at that. So and dumb. then we dropped. I got a no I got a notification when we were at number twenty. And oh. I guess I'd been ignoring the notifications. I, I was like, wow, we're at twenty. I looked and it was like we had peaked at five. And I was like, wow. Interesting stuff. So anyway, you look us up, give us a review. Do you love you, go- Germany? Do you want me to go ahead and translate this whole episode in German? That's what we agreed to. (laughs) (laughs) That would be problematic. (laughs) That's the only thing you know. (laughs) I don't feel like it. I I don't even know know if that's really German. I I promise it is. They'll tell us. (laughs) All right. Thank you all. Adios. Bye.